You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. And that's the rhythm I can dance to. I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to. That one big heart that's beating fast. Tomorrow morning, let it rain. Tomorrow morning, let it pour. Tonight we're in the groove together. Ain't gonna worry about stormy weather. Gonna kick all trouble out the door. Beat out all trouble and drum. Beat out all trouble and drum. Beat out all trouble and drum and kick all trouble out the door. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum and kick all trouble out the door. Kick him 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 out the door. Okay, we're on. We're live radio. Live radio. Yes. No, sorry. <laughs> Welcome to Radical Australia. Yes, we knew we were on air. Don't ring up and complain, please. Welcome to Radical Australia Community Radio 3CR. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. It is produced by the world's greatest producer, the wonderful and only Kelly Whitworth. How art thou, Kelly? I'm very good. How's... I can't hear anything, but I'm good. Well, we know you're good, <laughs> Kelly. I only have good producers, only the best. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. mm-hmm. I don't know. So we've got a pretty special show this week and next week. A we show. take time out from the regular can, can our guests, special can our guests dance and sing? The regular um, schedule can. to you concentrate can. on. You can sing? Oh, no. I, was, I can dance. I can sing badly. It is, it is radio. Look, just in case you're wondering who that is. That's the Ida Buttrose of 3CR. I just had your microphone <laughs> up that whole time. Uh, well, let's start again. Welcome to Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR. We've been sabotaged by the world's greatest producer, <laughs> Kelly Whitworth, who didn't have <laughs> didn't have the microphone on. Now, have you got our guest microphone on? Have you got organised yeah. things? You all right? Oh, no. no. <laughs> Billa, as I said before... We have in the studio three CRs, three CRs, Ida Buttrose, Pilar Aguirre. Oh, that was shocking, wasn't it? Shocking. You're, 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 you're shocking. You, you stuffed this up. But that was a good introduction because Pilar is our Ida Buttrose. What does that mean? Welcome that you. means your head honcho here at 3CR. <laughs> so we're going to expose you for what you are. So just, just to begin with, what's your role here at 3CR? Currently I'm the chairperson. I've been doing that role for a few years now. I think about five, four. Is that because, no, is that because nobody else wants the role or because yes. you're good at it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, look, it's, it's a thankless job, isn't it, being chairperson of 3CR? Because all it you is. do is get complaints. It is, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to go to meetings and chair yeah. the meetings yeah. and, you know, write reports. So, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm so thankful us show ponies here at 3CR have got people like you to do the work. Sometimes I'm more of a couch, though. 
the couch, what people sit on you (laughs) in the committee meetings. You know, I've been here 47 years and I've never had an official position and I've never wanted one, of course, (laughs) and because it's it's people like you and there's been a whole succession of people on the committees they do all the volunteer work and all they get is criticism from the listeners. You know, you were off air for five seconds. The bloody producer didn't put on your <laughs> microphone. I didn't like what you said. How do you deal with all this? All this rejection? With a smile. With a smile. Do you? Yeah. yeah. Mm. I yeah. don't actually get a lot of complaints. Don't you? No. No, they're actually filtered before they yeah. get to you, I <laughs> before see. Before they get to me. Yeah, that permanent <laughs> staff get rid of them because... I um, do the uh, co-host with uh, Pat, who was a previous oh, chair. Yeah. You know. She was the chair before I was. Yeah, yeah, she was. She wasn't the Ida Buttrose. No, <laughs> no. And well, she was better. <laughs> it's. Let me put it this way: the the committee runs much smoother than perhaps in the eighties when there was the Maoist Stalinist. You know, or, no, yeah, was, was it ever Stalinist? No, Maoist. Ma- that was in the seventies. Seventies. We got yeah. rid of them. Yeah. We were actually. Um, the faction fighting and all yes, that. Yes, but <clears throat> we, we had the the Anarchist Media Institute had the casting vote because we were part of the problem. <laughs> but I won't go into that. Now, Pilar, where were you born? Santiago, Chile. Santiago, mm-hmm. Chile. There are us. There are. Excuse me. Chile. You, you, Not Chile. I will call it Chile. She can call it Chile, and she can call it Santiago. She can call herself Pilar. <laughs> What year? 71. 71. You're relatively young. Baby. Yeah, December 71. December 71. December 71. For some reason that date is familiar. Why should why should it ring bells in my head? 71. December 71? Yeah. Mm, no idea? No. No. All right. Maybe it's when I was, maybe it's when I turned 20. That's what it was. It's all about me, obviously. <laughs> so, what is your show? <laughs> no, no. This is a free CR show. Ah. We we don't as an affiliate, the Anarchist Media Institute. That's the only show we run. This is a free CR show. You've made the mistake as a radio station to allow us, Kelly and I, to conduct these little chats. We don't do interviews. We do chats. So, how long did you stay in Chile for? Uh, till 1976, till November 1976. So, would you have any recollections? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Tell yeah. us about a few of them. Mm, I think the recollections were like like any f- sort of soon-to-be five-year-old. They're sort of family, your mm. home, mm. you know, walking down the street, buying lollies, playing with the neighbour, that kind of stuff. Buying lollies, I like that. Yeah. What type of lollies did they have in Santiago? I don't know. I, I can't remember the actual lollies, but I do, do remember I'd go to the shop and buy lollies with my neighbour, mm. Rosita. Rosita. <laughs> and Rosita much older than you? Uh, Probably a year. A year. Yeah. So your parents would trust you to go down to the shop in Santiago and buy lollies with a six-year-old. <laughs> it was all up the road. It was all up the road. But it, it, Back so, in them days. So in those days, there wasn't much helicopter parenting, no. was there? No, no not yeah. at all. Yeah. I assume there were those things you put in your mouth and you suck on, they go on for a yeah, whole yeah. day. Yeah. yeah, probably. Sugar, sugar. Sugar. And did you, are your parents still alive? Uh, Mum is, not Mum dad. Is. What was dad like? A bit of a larrikin character. I like him. Why was he a larrikin? He was funny, outgoing. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, complex as well. 
you know. What do you mean by complex? <laughs> oh, how much of this story do I want to tell on air? Um, well, it does get po- Dad, it does get podcast. Yeah, so exactly. be careful. <laughs> I'm gonna. Well, Dad was complex because he loved the ladies. Uh, complex in that way. Well, that's not complex. That's that's. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, it's, it's it, very it, simple. In that actually. period of time, <laughs> it was a universal I- issue. Loving the ladies was yeah. a universal problem. Perhaps, perhaps. Mm, but um, mm. we had a term for it in Australia about him keeping his trouser snake where it should be. <laughs> oh, did you really have to, to go well, there? That's why I didn't want to go there. But um, I do have an early memory, and aside from the family and stuff, mm. and this was probably just before, well, I don't know, uh, it would have been 74 maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how old was I? My maths is terrible. Three. Three, yep. So one of my earliest memories is of armed military men storming into our house. Into your house? Yeah, breaking the door open, like pushing Mm. in the door. Mm. And the memory is that fully armed military men looking for weapons. That was the... Excuse, yeah. The the excuse. But that's a very vivid memory that I have um, Mm. of Chile. And the story goes, I can't remember this bit, but Mm. my mum tells this story that... I would swear at them and tell them to get lost, you know, in mm. more colourful language. Like, mm. what are you doing in our home? Get out, you know. Yeah, because obviously. Feisty. But um, it's funny because this year I um, did therapy for the first time ever. Mm. Mm. And one of the first questions is, are you a victim of trauma? Mm. And my initial answer was, Oh, no, of course not. No, no, no. absolutely not. No, no. Oh, actually, come to think of it, I did spend part of my childhood in a military dictatorship. Mm. So maybe there is a little bit of trauma there. But, mm. you know, we've we've mm. learnt to normalise that. So. Oh, you have to normalise it to survive. Mm. If you're in a traumatic situation, if you don't normalise it, it's the end of you as a human being. Yeah. You just go over and over. We're actually speaking with this to Kelly just before when we were having our chips before we our interview about the fact that you need to normalise these things. What's your mother like? <laughs> complex. complex. <laughs> so we had two complex parents. That's interesting. Mum's a strong, difficult personality. Mm-hmm. Hopefully she won't hear that. Well, this podcast. Uh, yeah. Your daughter just said you're a strong, difficult personality. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, uh, I, I don't... I get on with her okay. Um, it's, it's a more sort of distant relationship. We're not very mm. close. Yeah. Um, mm. I think I'm very different to her and she, she struggles with that, you know, like uh, always have sort of done my own thing. So, mm, yeah. Any siblings? Yes, three. Three. Older or younger? Uh, one older sister mm. that I grew up with. Right. And two younger siblings, one I didn't grow up with at all and one I grew up with half the time. Uh, can I ask why you didn't grow up with them? The younger ones are half-siblings. Right, right, yep. right. Which side? Mother, father? Both father. Both father. Right, yep. right. Yep. All right. And um, here you are having this idyllic childhood with armed <laughs> men breaking down the door and you swearing at them and 60 years later you're in therapy. So 
50 what? years old. Oh, my apologies. No, hang on. 45, thank 45. you. I'm not that old. <laughs> oh, Pilar, Pilar. You're 20 years younger than I am. That's right. It does make you 50-something. So why would they storm your house of all the houses in Santiago? Well, to be honest and fair, they were storming most of the houses. <laughs> uh, there was a military coup and they were just doing that routinely in mm. the sort of probably two or three years after the coup. So it was like storming pretty much all the houses. It, mm. it was about instilling fear in people. Mm. Um, there weren't weapons, you know. Mm. Most mm. people didn't have weapons. Mm. You'd hope that some did, but, yeah. Look, why would you have a, a military in a South American paradise. What's, why? Why? What, 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 I mean, wasn't, wasn't Chile, as our producer points out, a democratic country where you elected your leaders? Correct. Correct. We did. You did. So what happened? Well, how come these chaps turned up and started beating down the doors? Oh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a funny old unit called the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of them. Yeah. Is that the band, the CIA? Yeah, the CIA. <laughs> there is a band um, called, yeah. Yeah, so we had a democratically elected president, Salvador mm -hmm. Allende, uh, whose party was the Popular Unity Party, got into power democratically, democratically elected majority, and uh, wasn't the flavour that the US government wanted in the region. Um, uh, why? <laughs> it was democratic elected. Isn't the US government all about democracy? Aren't they just... And haven't they always been? <laughs> well, that's what I'm... I'm trying to find this out, you know. Obviously, <laughs> you know, you weren't a banana republic, as we used to describe the South American US colonies. You, you don't grow bananas in Chile. No, we're no. too far south. Yeah, exactly, far yeah. South. So why would they bother? What, what, what were the policies that were giving them such grief, giving the US government such grief? So the, the Popular Unity government had this amazing platform of 50 reforms when they came into power and they were all quite amazing, some of which I'll remember. Um, but it was, you know, free education. Um, That's radical. Yeah, the thing that really upset the foreign interests in mm. the country were the... Um, um, how do you say you're not, nation you're not nationalization yeah. oh. nationalizing oh. copper and all those wonderful mineral minerals and most of them are owned by US companies I correct um, so you're not going to give them compensation for no, stealing your stuff you're nationalizing things to keep the well you can nationalize with compensation yes well <laughs> we were nationalizing so, probably without but so yeah. free, was health thrown into that mix health education um Recognising, you know, workers' rights. Um, uh, you didn't recognise Cuba by some chance. <laughs> yes. Actually, Fidel Castro was mm. did a month tour of Chile when Allende got elected. Mm. Um, and he'd never done that with any other country. No. So Did you hear that? Chile, not Chile. Oh, yes. You, you fake Spaniard. <laughs> <laughs> well, why would he do a tour for a month? Um... To support Chile, uh, mm. I think I think in many ways Cuba could foresee what was going to happen. Um, before before this coup happened, before this this uh, before the ship went down on eleventh of September seventy three, 
The United States had already been unhappy with Allende as a candidate and mm -hmm. had already started investing and putting money into a destabilization campaign through uh, what was called a Committee of 40 in the White House. Mm -hmm. So that's going back away. And as he got elected, that campaign just ramped up. Um, they injected more and more money. We're talking millions of dollars. Mm. Can I just go back a little, little way, a little bit of history? Now, when did Chile gain independence from the Spanish? Roughly, roughly. Was it the 19th century? No. No, um, 18th century. No, 19th. 19th, 19th century. Yes. And obviously Chile's one of those South American countries that doesn't got a very, like us, a high First Nations population. You were able to eradicate most of them? No. no. And uh, no. I believe your guest next week is going to talk a lot more about that. But no, mm. the Mapuche population of Chile, mm. I don't know what the stats are, um, but they were the ones that fought off. They were one of the only ones that fought off. Right. Um, fought back. Fought back, yeah. Yeah, and a very strong, proud race, right. um, the so, Mapuche people. Right, are they mainly in the, in the mountainous areas? South. South. In the south. In the yep. south. So I assume it's all about land at the end of the day. How is the land, how was the land divided up? Was there, there these families that had, had descendants from the Spanish colonisers which yeah. actually monopolised most of the land? Yeah, right. yeah. And I think some Chile, Chilenos out there will quote me, will correct me if I'm wrong, but um, even to this day there's only like, I think it's 10 families, mm -hmm. 10 ruling class families. families right. And so it, it matters, your surname matters, and your surname tells a lot about where you belong in the class structure so of, where, where of the country. So where do you belong? Aguilera. Uh, I don't know. You don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure down there. <laughs> down there. All right. Now, I assume this was one of those pleasant coups where the, uh, the newly elected president was um, sent off you know, to go and live in Cuba and uh, all those people in their trade unions and the members of the party were treated uh, with dignity. Is this is what happened? Oh, completely. Yeah. Could you explain <laughs> to our two listeners uh, what actually uh, happened? So September 11, um, there was a military coup in Chile where some hawker hunter jets bomb bombed the presidential palace early in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, and those hawker hunter jets were US. Um, I believe the pilots were also US pilots. Um, and there's footage, um, quite dramatic. It's, it's a very low building in the centre of Santiago and... I can imagine the noise. Um, so did you, was the Chilean government expecting anything like this? Yes, I, I think they were. Mm. And um, it's interesting, uh, Allende goes to the palace to defend his, his position, his cabinet and his um, what was called the gap, the guards that guarded him, uh, which were civilians, um, went to the palace and tried to defend the palace, but obviously unsuccessful. Um, I, I always grew up hearing two stories, one that Allende killed himself in order to avoid capture, and the other one is that he was killed. Either way, he fought, he fought and um, didn't surrender. You're telling me that in these democratic institutions like our Canberra, 
Parliament House. <laughs> there was gunfire. People being slaughtered. Correct. This is not nice. This is, this not, is not nice at all, no. Mm. And um, the importance of radio always comes up for me in mm. that when the palace is being bombed, there's one radio station that continues to be on air because the transmitters were also damaged, mm-hmm. Radio Magallanes, and he, he um, spoke to the Chilean people. Uh, his last words were a speech maybe eight minutes long. Mm-hmm. And I just always think of that, you know, like the presence of mind or did he have something prepared, you know, I mean, he was a good speaker, um, addressed his final words to the nation and to say, you know, keep fighting, don't, but don't, don't give in, you know, like don't, don't just willingly give in, but um, address the nation in these inspiring words. Um, Have you heard that, Pilar? Yes. Yes, um, in fact, there is a, an announcement on 3CR which currently features some of those words. Um, and it's very moving, but you can hear the chaos, the bombs, the destruction, the gunshots behind. Mm. Um, and at that point, that's, that's when people knew, okay, this is going to be bad. Right. I don't think people knew how bad it was going to get. Um, he's essentially killed. Um, right. The others are taken in, either arrested. And that's when the heavy repression started in our country from that day Yeah, on. I, re- I remember the pictures that were coming across of uh, tens of thousands being rounded up and put in the soccer stadium. Yeah. Tens of thousands of people within a few days. So what do you think, you got any idea of the death toll at, during that period, say that, that month or so when the military consolidated its power? Thousands, but I don't know how many but thousands. Fa- but thousands would have disappeared. Thousands were killed, killed mm. tortured, disappeared. Mm. In fact, I went to the um, the majority of the Chilean community that's here um, came as a result escaping the dictatorship, including my family. But I recently attended the funeral of uh, great comrade Guillermo Sanchez, um, someone who... Um, emailed me their little testimony a couple of years ago when we were looking at gathering some stories because part of the importance of this is that these histories, these stories, these historical memories aren't lost and a lot has been lost because people get old and they they die. Mm -hmm. Um, His particular story I'd like to mention because he and his wife were working at a factory um, and one of the policies of the left was, you know, if anything happens, you, you go to your place of work and defend it. Um, and they did that, you know, most Chileans did that. And they were then rounded up and taken to the stadium. Uh, his wife at the time was pregnant and due to all the beatings she received, she lost her baby. He was then, she was then taken to a hospital and he was then taken to the national stadium where he stayed for a month and then after he was um, freed from there, lost his work, his job, which was a common story amongst many on the left. You know, you just lost your job. That mm. was it. Um, and then kept getting sort of picked up, arrested, you know, persecuted for a number of years until he left in 74 with his wife and young daughter. Mm. Um, he was an activist his whole life here and... Yeah, it was very sad that it, that he went, that he wasn't um, 
around to tell to tell that story. I think he told it a few times, but you know that he wasn't able to uh, share it in this wow. uh, anniversary that's coming up, which yeah. I'll talk about later. Well, we may ask you. <laughs> I mean, remember, we ask the questions. You you, you come up with the you're answers. Jumping the gun. You're jumping the gun. I mean, you know. <laughs> What we hate here on Radical Australia, because this was set up, this program I set up about seven, eight years ago for that very reason. Uh, staunch activists that have been around 3CR and outside 3CR for many, many decades were dying. Nobody knew their story, and it was about uh, collecting those stories and providing a library through the f- podcast of you know, the lives of interesting people and how they've uh, changed society. Because as you know, it's the little people down the bottom who are the impetus for the change. It's only later that the political elites catch on and are forced to change policies. But getting back to your family, say, why did your family leave? I mean, you know, you've got, you've got a complex father and a complex mother. You'd think they'd be <laughs> able to adjust. Surely you'd adjust to um, repression and constant persecution. My my mum worked at home. She was a stay-at-home mum I guess but Mm. she uh, ran a little business of um, being a dressmaker from home Um, and uh, my dad was a cabinet maker carpenter and he was in the union Mm -hmm. and uh, to be in a union because all unions were banned from September 11 um, was a criminal activity Mm -hmm. Um, so one day he um, I actually found out this story only this year, part of this story. So the story I grew up knowing was that he went to his place of work, you know, one day after the coup and um, there were there were some hooded men with, you know, that had been taken in by the military who were pointing out some workers to mm-hmm. be taken away and he just went, I'm not going back, you know, that's yeah. going to be me next because mm-hmm. that's what it was. It was rounding up. Okay, so first we round up the communists, then we round up the other people, then we round up the unionists. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things that I didn't know, the second part of that story was that his, the foreman on the si- on the, in the factory um, was a man called Sixto Vergara who was really great with all the workers and um, he um, burnt and destroyed all the files of anyone who was in the union so that they wouldn't be caught. So he really protected his workers and, you know, sort of destroyed any material Mm. that meant... So this this was going on around the country? Around the country. Country. So this was a a real heavy-handed military coup which had major consequences which was sponsored by the United States. You've got to remember that, well, our listeners need to remember, this is this is a common occurrence in South American history since the Second World War. Yeah, correct. You know, it doesn't matter where it is, Argentina, Nicaragua, Cuba, Bolivia, it's the same story over and over again that, uh, to protect US interests. Yeah, it's a formula. Mm. Now... Are you a 3CR subscriber? We really need our listeners to subscribe to the station. It helps us remain financially independent and is an important part of our community governance. It's just $40 concession, $80 waged, $150 for a band or organisation and $300 solidarity. Become a 3CR subscriber today. 3CR Radical Radio.
You're listening to Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR 855 on your AM dial. This program is streaming on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. I'm really upset, you know, talking to you, Pilar. Why is that? Because you people shouldn't be here. It's that horrible, <laughs> horrible, disgusting Labor, Whitlam Labor government. Who let us in. Let you in. Let all these left-wing refugees from Chile, according to our producer, and Chile, according to us, um, we've never had left-wing refugees in this country, and we're never going to. You know that. You're the only mob that came here, courtesy of the Whitlam-led Labor government. What's going on here? What's that association? (laughs) I think that was uh, guilt on the part of the Australian government because... um, in the William McMahon era, mm. uh, the story goes that the CIA requested ASIS agents to be sent to Chile to assist the CIA in destabilising the Allende government and that the ASIS, which was pre-ASIO, mm. um, you know, sent three agents to Chile. Three? Three. What are they going to do to destabilise the <laughs> Three. That's why they're feeling... Three. Yeah. Three. Well, the McMahon... The Initially three. Yeah, the McMahon government knows? was just so helter-skelter that they yeah. wouldn't be capable of doing anything, organising anything, not even... So a, maybe it was guilt, but yeah. No, 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 no. Seriously, it was a political decision. I'm, I was t- 20, yep. 20, 21, 22, 23 during that period. It was a political decision which was made through pressure through the Australian trade unions to allow... Correct. ...to allow... Refugees, political refugees, cultural refugees from Chile into the country as a group. Correct. And this has never happened before or since. Most of the refugees we've received in this country have, you know, that come as large groups, have been as a result of our activities, which have gone belly up like in Vietnam with the Vietnamese coming. But this this was different. And it was the trade unions which pushed... Whitlam to bring people across. Yeah. Now, so how old were you when you came to Australia? Five. Five. Just about. And obviously a fluent English speaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, spoke every English, did you? Well. <laughs> no, no. I am now, but you I are, wasn't then. Well, no, you're not. You're like me. It's our second language and people can tell. So what was it like coming here and starting primary school? Uh, for me, it was great. It was an adventure. Mm, I was mm. a very happy-go-lucky kid. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I made friends. I learnt the language quite easily. For my family, it wasn't. My older sister found it really hard. My mum found it really hard to adjust. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you had to leave everything behind and you don't necessarily want to, you know. No, but, you're, but you were young life. enough to adjust quickly. Correct, mm. yeah. So did you find yourself in uh, public housing here in Victoria? We arrived at the Midway Hostel in Maribyrnong, which mm. is now... At the uh, prison hostel. Yeah, what is it called? The Maribyrnong Detention Centre. <laughs> That's right. It used to be the Midway Hostel. Right. So the difference in treatment was extraordinary. Um, we, my family arrived uh, with, along with some other families. We got picked up at the airport in a little minibus arrived you know you get your own apartment that's fully furnished not fancy like all very basic stuff Mm, but mm. but it's a place to arrive there's um a common dining room you 
I, you know, I think I liked Vegemite from age five, oh, which was salt. very, very unusual. It's the salt. It's the salt. <laughs> it's the salt. It's wonderful. I actually had uh, some repairs on, on my car this, before I came here. And when I went at midday to, um, you know, drop it in, and guess what my uh, mechanic, because it's, it's a one, you know, one employee garage he owns it and runs it but what do you think he was eating vegemite sandwich <laughs> veg vegemite on a crumpet that's his lunch <laughs> so it is a popular thing so did you go to high school yes. or secondary college yeah yeah are you willing to name it yeah what? saint aloysius oh. college oh, we had someone else from there who joke you remember no I, don't who? ask me who what suburb Coburn. North Melbourne. North, oh, North Melbourne. Melbourne. No, yeah, but it, it, it rings a bell. You know, guests they just roll into each other. Just go to the podcast and you'll find <laughs> out, or, or, or uh, email Kelly. How She'll funny, tell you. I just went, who, who, who? I know who they are. <laughs> yeah, right. So you obviously your family felt that a Catholic education was important. Yeah, and I don't know. I think it's part of the migrant experience of um, sticking to what you know. Um, you know that. You know, a Catholic school was going to be better than a public school. I assume it was a girls only Catholic yep. school. Yeah, good, yep. good, good. Yeah, I've Your got morals. the T-shirt that yes, says "I survived <laughs> Catholic girls' school." <laughs> With yeah. the slightly fascist nuns, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think they thought you know. It's, it's a better education. Did, didn't, didn't the Roman Catholic Church in Chile side with the military? Yes. And, yes. Now, and now your parents send you to yeah. a Catholic school in Australia. It's That's strange. why I say complex. It is complex, <laughs> yeah. And obviously you graduated with honours like every little migrant refugee child, Correct. you know. Education was the pathway to liberation. Yeah, well, I was the first one in my family to go to uni. Mm -hmm. um, and don't and tell me you did an arts law degree. Arts, not law. <laughs> not law. Arts. <laughs> Anthropology, history. <laughs> Did you actually major in anything? No, double major, anthropology, history. Double major. Yeah. Oh, what did you do? Did you do a um, master's? No, honours. Honours. And what was your yeah. thesis? I can't remember. Oh, oh really? Really, really I can't remember. Oh, can't remember. No, you can't even remember the topic. No. <laughs> it was a long time ago. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was in the 90s. I remember what my, my doctorate topic was. I can tell you now. Well, this Go was just then. little honours. Uh, uh, the causes and etiology of traumatic spinal cord paralysis. You like that? Oh, you like should. That. You should remember. Okay, I'll go look it up. I look it up. Remember. Look it. Bring it in. Yeah. The next committee meeting and leave it in our pigeonhole. You know, you know the little pigeonholes yeah, we have, yeah, Radical yeah. Australia? Put it in there I so we can read it. You'd like to read that, wouldn't I you? Would, like I would. Yeah, anthropology. You've always <laughs> yeah, been interested in yeah, philosophy, yes, anthropology. Yes, love it, love yeah, it. Yeah. So obviously, Latrobe? Sounds like Latrobe course. Yes. <laughs> With Barry, Barry Carr. You can pick him. You can pick Barry a Latrobe Carr. graduate. Yeah, you can pick Eyeless. a Latrobe graduate. Oh, you can pick a Latrobe yeah. graduate. I shouldn't say that. On here. <laughs> and obviously this led to some corporate job, you know. Corporate job. Yeah, you become a CEO of some uh, major corporation. No, then I, because I, um, I had children when I was 20, so I was at uni with little kids and I mm. never sort of worked in my field. I, um, I did mm. some teaching when mm. my kids were little. How many of the little buggers are there? Two. Oh, that's all right. Yes. So you, you didn't follow the Catholic tradition. But I uh, did some teaching and then mm. uh, landed a job through activism in book publishing. I learnt the trade of book publishing through activism. 
What do you I, mean? I yeah. Look, she was a publisher of esoteric books that nobody else would publish. <laughs> well, this was the University of Melbourne, wasn't it? You were with them? Uh, I am now, but I didn't start there. Where'd you start? Uh, a little outfit called Ocean Press. Oh, I remember Ocean Press, yeah. We used to publish books on mainly Cuba and Latin yeah, America, but yeah. a lot of Che Guevara. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I remember that. And Che Guevara in English. So that was the, the little niche. What year was that? Uh, well, I don't Mid-80s? know. Mid-80s? 2000. No, 2000. 2000. Yeah, I remember them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they went bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> so you are still working? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I'm not that old. Well, I'm still working. I'm not that old. <laughs> so, so what are you saying, Joe? What are you saying? I mean, she's crazy. She shouldn't be working. I work in book publishing. Yeah. Book publishing. Yep. What do you actually do? I'm a production manager. So what I do is um, we are the ones who manage schedules, budgets, uh, choose paper. So, like, I can I can pick up a book and touch it. Can you hear this, listener? And go, ooh, that's uh, 80 GSM, 70 GSM, 100 GSM. Now, I've got to take you up there, Ita, because we have two listeners. This isn't the ABC where they (laughs) say they have a listener. We have two listeners. Hello, listeners. When you do that flicker, do it again, do it again, you say listeners. Listeners. That's what she did say. No, she said listener. She's been indoctrinated by the Australian Broadcasting no, no. Corporation. Well, that's a pretty neat skill to have. Yeah, Paper. so I get to choose what we call right. embellishments in the trade. Right. So. 90 grams, 70 grams. Correct. You know, yeah. hardcover. Do you get to choose the cover, yeah, soft yeah. cover? I mean, I don't do it myself, but I can oh, suggest yes, things. Yeah. You suggest things, yeah. yeah. But and, it's and, and you, get paid, you get paid I for get this? I get paid for this. For this, this yeah. really? <laughs> and you go into work every day? Uh, well, since COVID, we're a hybrid working. A hybrid. So we work from home and... So you get to catch days of our lives and do <laughs> your job. Days of our lives. <laughs> well, more than that, it means I don't have to... I can wear my tracksuit pants. Mm. <laughs> and do you? Yeah. At, at home, <laughs> well, I do. Well, I'm very pleased to tell you, listeners, that she's well-dressed here. No tracky dacks. <laughs> no tracky dacks. No Ugg boots. So nothing. you're like a designer of the product, really. Uh, in a way, yeah. Mm. The way that yeah. it's going to look and yeah. feel. Yeah, I mean, in consultation, but mm. yeah. With the author, with the writer. Yeah, and with the editors, mainly. Mm. So you, you think people are getting sick and tired of this e-book bullshit? No. They love it, do they? Yeah, because if you're, like, you know, travelling overseas and you don't have to carry ten books, mm. you have them all on one little device. Well, well, can't you read books when you're at home? <laughs> <laughs> so You can. You can, all right. All right, look, um, I think we mentioned the trade unions and the fact they're agitating to get all you Chilean people into this country and forever change our eating habits. Now, I understand there's a anniversary coming up. Is it your anniversary? Are you turning 60 or something? Correct. No, not me. Um, it is the 50th anniversary since mm-hmm. the September 11 coup in mm-hmm. Chile. Mm-hmm. And we are holding an event at Trades Hall. Um, to which who's we? Who's we? Everyone's welcome. Well, who's we? Members of the Chilean community. Right. Activists in the mm. Chilean community with... Um, the AMWU, which is the Australian Manuf- Manufacturing and Workers, Workers Union. Union. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what, they what, have. What, what, why them? They have an international solidarity initiative that they're um, 
restarting because they've had that before and they want to um, reactivate that part of the union where they're educating their younger members but also working with communities. So they had a recent event with the Palestinians in Remembering Nakba um, and they're holding this event with us. So together with the AMWU, we're putting on a commemorative event, a night at Trades Hall that is an all-day event. Um, this, this particular part of the commemoration will be at 6 o'clock at the Solidarity Hall in Trades Hall and we're going to have a night of people giving their testimonies, speakers, uh, music, poetry and empanadas. <laughs> oh my God. Can't have a, a, a Chilean event without an empanada, uh, which is like a little pasty. No, no, well, I'll talk about that later on. That's the important part of this <laughs> little chat. Oh, a little pasty. Like a little pasty. Uh, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. I had to, uh, when Pilar's daughter was unwell, I had to go to a bloody Chilean shop in Whoop Whoop to buy her some. That was nice of you. Oh, no, 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 don't give people the frog impression that I'm nice. <laughs> I just wanted to stop, her to stop sobbing. And when she saw them, she went, ooh. <laughs> They're delicious. Yeah, well, we'll talk about Are that later on. Are vegetable filled? Uh, there's meat or cheese. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we'll, do it, we'll do the recipe at the end of the show. <laughs> this is a really deep interview. You've got to understand that. We'll do a recipe. I'm sure you've made a few in your time. I remember I stumbled across you in a, a park in Burrow. Park, Edinburgh Gardens, yeah, yeah, and you gave me one. That yeah. was very kind, yeah. yeah. Passing Sher- by. We had a little picnic basket yeah, full yeah. of them. Yeah, full of them, and I got one. That was very kind <laughs> of you. So is there really much interest in the Chilean community to celebrate this 50th anniversary? Yeah, well, as you mentioned, uh, the trade unions were heavily involved in the solidarity campaign while the dictatorship lasted for 17 years. Um, uh There'll be uh, Kevin Bracken from the MU, XMUA will be there on the night talking about, he's one of the speakers, talking about the longest trade union boycott in the history of Australia, which was um, the Maritime, I think they were the Siemens Union back then or the Maritime, they weren't, the, they weren't yet the MUA, they were the Siemens Union. Siemens Union, yeah, yeah, yeah the Lumpers Union, the Siemens Union. The and combined. they ran a really successful boycotting campaign of um, mm. uh, Chilean goods while the dictatorship was in existence. So, yes, there is a big interest um, from not just the, commun- the Chilean community but trade unionists, um, uh, activists, um, academics... Um, we feel it's an important uh, moment to commemorate the 50th anniversary of um, a day that changed Chile, you know, mm. and Chileans forever. Mm. Do you think the first and second generations which have been born here, you know, are interested? Will they have any interest in this? Yes and no. I think there's a lot of intergenerational trauma. I think uh, second gen, like like me, um, grew up in, you know, knowing about, you know, what a dictatorship was, what torture was, you know, going to rallies. Um, my kids, uh, because they're my kids, have also grown up knowing that. But um, I think it, people either uh, reject it or embrace it and the rejection part comes from a lot of pain and trauma 
and and that sense of not having healed and you know uh, I think I read somewhere it takes about five generations to heal from from a particular traumatic event and you know if your parents were imprisoned or tortured or suffered some of that has to have rubbed off on you and so um yeah uh, we're, we're having another speaker for example I spoke to a friend of mine um this morning just to confirm his participation and he'll be giving his testimony for the first time. Um, he was imprisoned as a young man in the 80s because the dictatorship was still, mm. you know, had its second wind in the mid-80s, was persecuting young people. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a really emotive night. I think it's going to be a really beautiful event, um, difficult for some people, for, for a lot of us, uh, hence the emotive part, but there, there's also going to be some music and poetry. Music? Music, yeah. Not those pipey things. <laughs> Probably more the guitar things. Uh, more the guitar things. Right. <laughs> and the you, singing things. You're going to have any of those South American animals there too, you know, what they call them, <laughs> llamas and whatever. No. The, no nothing, no. nothing like that. No. Any, no, no animals. Are we going to have any guinea pigs to eat? No, that's no. that's more Peru. That's Peru, the guinea pigs. My guinea apologies, pigs Peru. Peru, yeah. my apologies. <laughs> Is this the first time community has come together to no. commemorate? No, no. the the Latin the Chilean community and the Latin American community have gathered, you know, every year. Every year, mm. um, in particular, the thirtieth, fortieth, you know, twentieth, thirtieth, fortieth anniversaries mm. have all been important. And we're gathering once again um, for this event. So um, we're really sort of grateful for the AMWU to be supporting us in this event. Um, as I said, it's going to be at Trades Hall. That that place is symbolic for the Latin community. Um, there's a little plaque of Salvador Allende in the foyer. There'll be an exhibition that same day at 2.30 and uh, that morning we're starting the day with a raising of the Chilean flag at Trades Hall at half-mast. Mm -hmm. There'll then be a gathering at 12.30pm at outside the US Embassy to protest. Um, big day. Yeah, big day. Uh, an exhibition in the foyer and then this event. Well, obviously we'll all have to, um, you know, book and pre-book or, or we can just rock up. You can just rock up. Or what do you mean we can just rock up? You can just rock up if you want to. Oh. Or you can go to Eventbrite and look for Chile 50 Years of Solidarity and Struggle. And Event what? Eventbrite. What's that? Dot com dot au. Other people know, so don't worry. Don't stress about it, okay? Yeah, I'm going to stress about it. I mean, I'll send you a link, Joe. Uh, What's a link? You have, to, you have to find an email address for me first. But yeah. you can just turn up. You just turn up. Yeah, at the six o'clock one, especially at the six o'clock one. Six how, how many people do you think you can you can pack into Solidarity Hall? I don't think you put put more than five hundred in there. Three. Three. I'm hoping. So hopefully, if you get there at six, you, yeah, you squeeze can, in. You can squeeze yeah. in. It's got a little upstairs bit, right, so yeah. Right. Uh, now, now just can I just say one more thing? Sorry, sorry, boss. Sorry, partner. Partner. <laughs> uh, behind you, Pilar. Um, you probably won't be able to talk and look at the same time, but we have a flyer on the pin board here in the studio. Who are those people featured in the 
picture and what are they doing? So uh, the flyer, if you look at the event, uh, the guy with the glasses is the president, Salvador Allende, defending himself, and the two guys uh, around him are his armed his guards. Mm, they would have also been killed. Yeah, there's so much mm. happening in that shot. Yeah. It's filled with so much It's a real iconic or, image yes. of him defending the palace and uh, the presidential palace and... Yeah, so on the night we'll also be playing that speech with subtitles. Um, so it's going to be a very emotive. So night. it's very well organised, and it's um, very well organised. And yeah, uh, look, if if people book, do they kind of get precedence over people who turn up? Because I, I can imagine this is, you're going to be crowded out. That's a good question, Joe. I don't know. Ah, well, um, they can go to the website. Yeah, they can go to the website. Yeah, they can. Because yeah. I noticed there's a little squiggly thing on the poster. What's that? That's a QR code. Oh, what do you mean you got a QR so code? So you put your phone, you take a photo of it and it takes you to book your ticket. Really? So you mm. could do that. Transport. Uh, uh, this did you hear what she just said? What? I could, she just said Have I you could got a do phone? That. No, have you she doesn't phone? have a smartphone. You do have a smartphone now, don't you? No. Yes, you do. <laughs> you just pretend. She's, just, love she's, it. she's just outed me. I love it. Oh, I love it. Right. Uh, there's two flags on that flyer too. Uh, we've got the Chilean flag and the Mapuche flag. Yep. Yep. They've got the same problem we've got. But we've got three flags. We should have four, but we've got three. We've got the Australian flag, the original flag, the Torres Strait flag, but we don't have the Eureka flag. They have the Mapuche flag and the Chilean flag. Why is it? White and red. The Chilean flag. I don't know. It looks yeah. actually a lot like the Texan flag. Yeah. Well, you're <laughs> not far from Texas. Now, Pilar, any advice for young people who are interested in taking the path you've taken to get a job at the University of Melbourne Press, you know, <laughs> through activism? <laughs> No, seriously, look, there's a lot of young people maybe listening to this program. They think, what's the point? What's the point of being active? You know, the world's going to come to an end tomorrow, climate emergency. Let's just enjoy ourselves. I think it's important to uh, connect with your fellow humans in a meaningful way and uh, to make sure that we um, don't forget the events of the past because they very much inform the present and the future. Yeah, you know the old, you know the old slogan. What is it? Remember the past to understand the present and change the future. Correct. Yeah, they're the three little. Things. And I just want to add one little thing. Mm, mm. This commemorative event is not just going to be rooted in the past. It's it's we see it as being part of a historical process that's ongoing, and mm. we are going to address um, some of the issues that are happening in Chile currently and looking to the future. Well, that's right. I was going to ask you about that. They've had a, a referendum recently regarding a total change to the constitution which was resoundingly defeated. Correct. It was about 60, was it six, 65 to 35? Yep. Why do you think that uh, more progressive um, referendum failed in today's Chile? I want to say I don't know. Uh, I, there's a lot of reasons. I think uh, fear. I think... Uh, I think that the right wing also has incredible amount of money to destabilise campaigns and there was a lot of intervention in that. Um, the right wing is currently on the rise in Chile and uh, scary times. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know why. It was a shock to a lot of people. 
that the referendum lost because the constitution that they wanted to change was from the dictatorship that had been written in 1981. So, um, yeah. Because it was a surprise. I I thought maybe it was an overreach. Because they had everything that you wanted yeah, to change. Yeah, it's like it. they wrote the constitution, constitution and put absolutely everything, everything in it. Everything it was, was amazing. It. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. But, it was an amazing but, document, but maybe a little bit too progressive yeah, for an overreach for a constitutional you know, document. Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah, not that I know anything, but it just I just felt people may have felt that, as you said, there's fear. Yeah. Is there still any um, U.S. interference in Chile? I'd say probably. Yeah. Well, you still yeah. got those nice copper companies and other companies. Yeah, They're still yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Probably mm-hmm. more than there was in nineteen seventy in the early seventies, mm-hmm. actually, because mm-hmm. um, you've got all sorts of not just US, but there's you know Australian forestry and oh, that's nice. Japanese companies, you know, buying off. You S- know, sounds a bit like Australia. Land. Yeah, sounds like Australia. We've got all those companies here, and we uh, we allow them to take everything. For a 1% return, but that's a different story. Now, we asked the big questions here on <laughs> Radical Australia. Now, you were talking about these little pastries. <laughs> Empanadas. Empanada. How do you make... Is the pastry different to other pastries? Um, what, what goes into into the pastry? What type I've of flour? I've done it two ways. It's mm. just normal flour right. with some version of um, lard. Lard. Lard oh, makes lard. it really tasty. Oh, good, good. I oh, forget about the vegans. You don't have to have lard. You can have, you know, uh, yeah, I actually don't know how you'd make it vegan. I guess you'd use olive oil, but it also can have egg in it. So, yeah, yeah. you know, the tastiest the one has yeah, got yeah. lard in it. Yeah, good, good. Delicious. And the meat filling is like <laughs> meat, onion, yep. spices. Mm, what spices do you put in? Cumin. Uh, the standard Chilean spices are always cumin, paprika, and maybe sometimes oregano. Oh, right. paprika. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, That's nice. I really like the lard. I think lard <laughs> should make a comeback. It's a. I used to get. I'm old enough to remember getting. Bread and well, dripping. Yeah, bread and dripping sandwiches for school. <laughs> and to make it palatable, they put salt and pepper on them, my parents. But for the vegans, yeah, you don't need lard to have a nice no, dough. I guess you could have like... Don't worry about the vegans. Or they can, butter. They can make them out of beans, you know. vegan either. They can put beans in it. And but there's two types that are traditional. Um, mm. Meat, yep. which also comes with a little bit of boiled egg and um, olive inside. Mm. Yeah, it does, yeah. Uh, the other one is cheese and they're fried. So the, the meat ones are generally oven-baked. The, the cheese ones are fried. Yeah. But then you have all sorts of varieties now. Mm. And Mushroom. when would you eat them? Anytime. Any <laughs> They're a snack. Anytime. They're a snack, Kelly. Breakfast, lunch yeah, or dinner. I'm just surprised we didn't get a plate today. <laughs> Sorry. I'm very, uh, our guest next week is Chilean. Yeah, who, yeah. Who's oh. joining us next week, love? Marisol Salinas. Marisol Salinas. Who uh, has been doing a program here on Thursday nights called Mujeres Latinoamericanas. Uh-huh. And uh, she's a Mapuche uh-huh. sister. And um, yeah, maybe if you are nice to her, and uh, she might bring in something, maybe well, sweets or something. Well, look, we give homework on Radical <laughs> Australia. It's your homework to give her a half a dozen for us. Isn't that right? Yes. That's your homework, Pilar. Pilar, thank you very much for all the work you've done here at Community Radio 3CR. Thank you. Uh, Being uh, chairperson of the uh, the 3CR uh, organised, what do you call it? 
organising committee, what is it called? Committee of Management. Committee of Management, you know, is a very thankless task. To do it for so many years puts you in a extraordinary category and um, show ponies like myself and workhorses like Kelly really need to thank you for all those hours and months and years that you've devoted to keeping 3CR on air as a community radio station. So thank you, Pilar Aguilera. Thank you. Thank you. Workers Federation took part in the longest boycott in Australian history after Finochet took over in Chile. A democratically elected government was overthrown with the help of the United States. There are many Chileans in Australia who suffered torture, imprisonment and whose family members have been disappeared. We can't move forward as a society without healing these past crimes. Love you. 
The Chilean community, in partnership with the AMWU's International Solidarity Initiative, is holding a commemorative event for the 50th anniversary of Chile's coup, September 11, the day that changed us forever. Join generations of Chilean refugees, exiles and recent arrivals, together with Australian unionists and activists in the Solidarity Movement, for a night of testimonies, speakers, poetry and music. On Monday, September 11, from 6pm at Solidarity Hall at the Victorian Trades Hall, this event will be held in English and all are welcome. To register, search for Chile 50 years on eventbrite.com.au. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.